Welcome back to UNT Unplugged. In part two of our conversation with President Smotrisk and Dean Randall, we're going to talk about creative tension, kicking off the first cohort class, innovative partnerships, make up esports and the founding Frisco freshmen, and a few other surprises along the way. Welcome back. Here's part two. We've got great creative tension, right? So if we just look at um, within the music programs, we've got incredibly talented artists who are purist, um, and then we've got a dean who is very entrepreneurial. It's a perfect tension. Sure, those conversations are not always comfortable, but in the end, we get something that is, um, that's really amazing, and it's great for our students. It gives them uh, tremendous potential. Imagine, for example, uh, that you're Jeff Bezos working with Amazon. And what is it that you're looking for? Well, I think you're looking for total global market domination <laughs> along with Baidu. And if you, if you don't have a great website, if you don't understand big data, if you don't understand pricing strategies, and if you don't understand how to engage the consumer, you're going to fail. What do we do at the university? We have the best comm design program, mm -hmm. certainly in the Southwest and maybe the top one in the country. Communication design, formerly kind of the advertising, marketing, graphic design, is now about user interface experience, UIX. It's about uh, engaging people and bringing them in. And that program partners with our digital merchandising program, which is over in the School of Merchandising and Hospitality. Those kids are getting jobs at Amazon and everyone everywhere else that is trying to market. Uh, they have a new degree now called consumer experience. I mean, if your consumer is not having a good experience, they're not coming back. And look at the choice they have. Uh, we blend these classes, and students are doing pick and take. You know, they'll do a little social media here, a little new media there, a little comm design, uh, and then they'll go into the digital merchandising piece to get a backbone and with a little business core behind them. And they come out super competitors because they're thinking in ways that traditional majors don't think. I love that, and we're bringing more and more of this kind of new cutting-edge curriculum to our students every day. Yeah, and th what that allows us to do as we start to watch our own students pick and choose, and then we interact with industry, particularly here in Frisco, that allows us to go, okay, this is now a thing, right? Like this project design and analysis. It's really, we, took, we started it with an integrative studies degree, we began this whole adventure, what, last, not last May, May of 2018. Gosh, it just... just way, way back then? <laughs> <laughs> and now, I mean, the first time we talked about it was May of 2018. We've already got the first group of students here doing it. So the, the current cohort group is the first yes. to go through the program? Okay, yes. good. And that is, uh, you talk to anybody in higher ed, that's rapid. Because we've got oh, yeah. this backbone of being able to, to come up with new ideas put them together rapidly, and as they work and we've pilot tested it, then we create a new degree around that topic, right? The other thing that's, that's excellent, particularly in the Frisco ecosystem and at UNT, is if you, if you wanted to create value, you gotta either increase benefit or decrease cost, period. That means you gotta make decisions. It means you gotta take risks. If people go out and take, make a smart decision and it fails, Everybody is okay with it. The senior administration is okay with it. If you're continually making smart decisions that fail, somebody's going to have a chat with you. <laughs> but in general, there is an acknowledgement that we need to innovate, and there is top-level support for, hey, 
great idea. We supported you. This one didn't work. What are we going to learn for, from it? And let's go try the next one. Yeah, it's That's not, not even, common. It's not even that things don't always work. Um, it's okay to have an experimental approach. Yes. You know, if it, in, in maybe many institutions I've been in, committees would, you know, there'd be the committee to study the committee that was going to start the committee. <laughs> and we go, let's run. Mm-hmm. And we put the groups together. We try to launch. Uh, if it doesn't work, we correct on the fly. And we believe that that kind of agility is going to really be the difference maker. Uh, we we started uh, big data programs out here. We have data analytics, uh, two master's degrees programs. And they're not just for stat jocks or mathematicians or computer science geeks. These are on-ramps. They're accessible. That allow people who feel that they can really improve their base skills and get a job uh, by understanding how to be users of big data and, un- and to bring that to their corporate environment. And that's critical. I mean, we hear people all the time right now going, we need more. The big data classes are mm-hmm. full. The kids are getting transformed in how they're working. They're understanding the elements, too, of things like machine language and AI and other kinds of things so that they can begin to bring these skills to the marketplace. So they're not going to be um, obsolete. They're going to be the creators that are inventing the next wave of major innovations for their companies. And that's really fun. So we don't mind standing up a program, uh, correcting on the fly, making sure that we're touching base with employers and we're doing a great job. That kind of feedback is utterly critical for our success. And then making sure that our students are getting the care and feeding that they need. Yeah, that big data program is an interesting one. My wife is is currently taking that program or getting her master's in the uh, data and analytics and it's been fun to watch her as she's going through it and for us to just take what she's learned in this first semester and start finding ways to apply it to Lifestyle Frisco in our own business. No question there's a huge demand for that particular skill set out there. So I'm glad to see that's something you guys are offering. So let me ask you, so how about the relationship? Here you are in our, our new building, Inspire Park, mm-hmm. and we've got this partnership. We're in the the podcast room and we're looking forward to have you kind of do this stuff with our students and be part of our curriculum. So what do you think? What do I think about the partnership? Yeah. Oh, it's been fantastic. It, it is, you know, interestingly, um, I don't know if if Dr. Smatrisk remembers this, but when the announcement was made at City Hall, when the final vote was taken that day, you were sitting right behind me in City Hall. And I remember you looking over my shoulder going, what is that? Because I was working on something for Lifestyle Frisco. We had just a real brief chat. I said, hey, it's a local media site. And uh, here we are, you know, a year and a half or so later, and uh, we've got this nice partnership with UNT. And it, it is something that we've been very excited about because uh, I think we understand and appreciate, one, what the expansion of UNT into Frisco is going to bring to the city. And it's also... Uh, addressing a need that a lot of the companies that have been moving here have been specifically asking for. Um, We know in the past that companies that have looked at Frisco, you know, at times have either decided if they didn't end up here to go somewhere else or were kind of weighing that decision based on the fact that they wanted to see Frisco have a four-year university. And so that was a huge, huge win, I think, for the city and for us to have you guys decide to expand into Frisco. Well, the thing that we are committed to with our partners in the Economic Development uh, Council here and with the city is we're committed to help uh, Frisco maintain its edge in innovation. And one of the things that uh, companies who are relocating here are looking for is, is there an educational partner, whether it's for teaching their employees and having them gain access to these high-tech understandings or whether it's, 
you know, we don't have an atomic whammer jammer. Can we find one? Uh, and we've, we're going, yep, there's one just, you know, 30 minutes down the road, and we'll be happy to do the surface uh, characterization of your high-K dialectic materials. Um, <laughs> I didn't actually just invent that, but uh, that type of partnership means companies will have less trepidation about moving. They'll have uh, knowledge that there's built-in partners, and it eases the transition path for them. And so Inspire Park here, this beautiful facility, um, I just come out here every time and think, why isn't my office out here, um, <laughs> has, is, a, is a magnet. Uh, not only for helping to incubate businesses, but for helping to uh, launch some of the new intellectual property and tech understandings that we have. So tech transfer is a big piece of it, and that's another commitment. If you're going to be a bustling university, you need to have innovation centers. Innovation centers that support students, that support community, that support corporations, that help small corporations grow to big corporations and draw big corporations to the city. And we're committed to being partners to do that. So what's what's fascinating, Fantastic about that is that, so my background is logistics and supply chain. So when you're in a supply chain relationship, what you really want are congruent goals. So if you think about the city of Frisco, their goal is to bring big employers with big, beautiful buildings with wonderful, high-paying jobs, right? Absolutely. Perfect. President's goal, therefore my goal, is to educate students with the right kind of degrees and the right kind of enduring, uh, enduring skills that allow them to take jobs in big, beautiful buildings and high-paying jobs that support their family. Uh, it's fantastic, right? So from the very beginning, we're starting on this relationship where our goals are completely congruent. What's good for Frisco is good for UNT. I mean, that's that's fantastic. We just need to keep acting on it. And as the president says, we've got to keep agilely responding and moving forward and moving forward and moving forward. Very good. Well, I know that, um, again, from a Lifestyle Frisco standpoint, you guys are going to have a lot of interesting stories to tell as things continue to grow and expand. And that's what we want to be here to do is to help make sure that those stories are getting out there. People understand and know what's happening with UNT and all of the innovative and fun things that you guys have going on. And I think, you know, just again, to go back to the cohort program, just as a start, that's one very interesting thing that I know I'm sure a lot of parents are going to hear this podcast and they're going to have an interest in their kid and their kid's going to have an interest in taking that program. So let me, thinking of that, let me point out a couple of things on that program. So mandatory internships, and so that, and those are paid. We expect industry to pay the students. And just the reason we do that is the students take it more seriously and industry takes it more Absolutely. seriously. We've already learned that. Secondly, the students have nine semesters, but we do it in three years. So we are treating it as re- year-round school. So for the parents out there looking for great value, you've got a degree that your student will be done in three years plus a summer. They'll have mandatory internships every summer. Um, and they'll be ready to go into the job market at the end of three years. They're going to be hired before they get out. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, what a fantastic opportunity. How many students are in the program now? So we've got 24 in the current program. We were shooting for between 20 and 30. Um, and so we're right down where we're at. We're, we're going through everything and really um, refining it. And what's great about it is the students know they're part of the founding, right? They're part of the first group. These students will have the opportunity to be on a brand new campus. The founding Frisco freshmen. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Say that real we, fast. Love, we love alliteration, so we're going to run with that one. Yeah, and so they know they're part of it. And so what's interesting, it's project design and analysis. They know they're both students, but then we expect them to step out and go, okay, what's working well? 
what can we improve on, just like the president was saying, so that the next semester is even better and next year's cohorts or two or three cohorts are even better and even better. We've got some ideas, too. Uh, and I don't know how long this podcast goes on. But, Keep going. Uh, We're having fun. <laughs> we, we've got some really interesting ideas. So have you ever heard of Urban Decay Cosmetics? Yes. Okay. It's the second biggest cosmetics company in the United States. It was just bought out by L'Oreal. The founder of Urban Decay is a woman named Wendy Zollner. Wendy is one of our alum. She was a journalism major who went out and took that creative thing she got with marketing and everything else and went, how do I do something radical and transformational that changes an industry? Makeup in the past was about covering up your flaws. She wanted makeup to be about an expression of individuality That's and awesome. a celebration of yourself. So it was different. You know, and she's launched with products like toxic waste and acid rain, and, you know, <laughs> uh, very cool stuff. So she just came out to talk with our kids and we were talking with her and said, maybe we could set up a project-based curriculum around new marketing ideas and think tanks for how people are going to change and what products are designed or, or is going to evolve in the future with you. Another one, um, there's a gaming company. We're talking with them about uh, what their needs are. They're having trouble. They're hiring as many people as they possibly can. It's hard to get people in the door who have the requisite talents. So let's forget that company. And let's just say, okay. for example, that you're one of these giant internet gaming companies, you know, that are so the esports teams. By the way, our esports team came in second in the country in the last uh, tournament. Uh, Congrats. So, yeah, UNT has one of the only varsity. Uh, esports teams. I was going to ask about esports. I'm glad you guys brought that up, but we can come back to that in a minute. Well, so imagine you're, you know, designing these games, and we work with several different gaming companies. And what they say is, you don't just—it's not like you need a coder. I mean, coding is an easy skill, and, and I know that sounds odd, but you can get people to code. What is a game? Mm -hmm. A game is a story. It's visual. It's got a narrative. It's got music. It's really a major production. It takes a director and a producer. It takes money to back it. It takes the right ideas. It takes a business plan. Um, you're not talking about one person. You're talking about teams of people working together with different skills and how we integrate those skills to really produce something extraordinary that, I mean, the sales of the launch of these new games, their sales are in the, you know, hundreds of millions uh, in their first week or so, uh, you know, yeah. it's big money big is coming money. out of this. Yeah, a lot of the games that are coming out um, in many ways reflect the film industry in terms of the, the makeup of the teams that they need and all the different uh, disciplines that are represented from that. And then to your point, the, the launch events that, you know, these guys come out of the gate with just hundreds of millions in sales right out of the, the gate. It is big time stuff. Yeah, so just think about it, marketing, production, all of those things. Is that how we teach at university? No, we give you some core courses and we stick you in a major. Maybe you come out and stick your head above water and go, hmm, what else could I take? What instead, what if instead we took a creative team to start and built them into a cohort project and had a company say, I'm going to have you guys design a game and work with some of the best mentors in the business so that you can really learn how to be a creative team together. Who gets that kind of education? Yeah. Our kids yeah, get that fantastic. kind of education. Yeah, and what we've heard the feedback from industry, and, and what the president said is right. Um, coding is becoming a commodity. So it's, it, we need coders. 
but there are coders. So the feedback we've had from industry is they want students who know how to code. So let's say they've 75% of their classes have been technical, they know how to code, they understand our digital architecture. Then they want the other 25 to expose them to creative and working on creative teams. Conversely, they want the students that are creative to be exposed to 25% of digital architecture and coding. And they want it done by these creative teams that the president is talking about. So it's no longer uh, engineers over here, creatives over there. Maybe they happen to sit near each other at a football game. They expect us to bring those students together to learn how to work with each other, to learn how to work with each other's idiosyncrasies, and then to, to begin to realize, man, I can understand this coding stuff, or man, I can understand this um, creative stuff, right? Yeah, and I think you guys are spot on with what you're doing there. As someone that's owned a software company for a very long time, we uh, and we've stayed very small, very boutique, but I, the best projects we've done is where each each side of that equation, both the, the analytical coding side and the creative side, had an understanding of what the other was doing, and, and they weren't siloed off just in their own little world. So that's super important for, for students to learn that. Yeah, and it isn't, it isn't really the traditional path, but I think, uh, I think we're in an age of disruption, mm. and higher ed is ripe for disru disruption. Absolutely. And if we're not being disruptors ourselves, and if we're not thinking into the future, we could become obsolete. So uh, I feel a particular urgency. Yeah. And, you know, the academy doesn't always move fast, <laughs> uh, but I think most people are beginning to see that if we don't change, that we could be out of business. And I think that's true. If you look nationwide right now, there's universities, uh, small universities are going out of business in record numbers. Big universities are experiencing enrollment de declines because of demographics. So... You know, we live in a competitive industry, too, in a competitive mm -hmm. environment. It's up to us to out-compete, and I think we're really we're doing that right now, and I'm proud of uh, how the universities responded and how our teams are working. Yeah, and, it's, and, and what's fantastic is we've got a, a board who wants it, we've got administration who wants it, and we've got a partner in Frisco. So if you think about what goes on here in Frisco, it's, it is the center of this thing called North Texas, right? If you go global... People know DFW, but they're also learning North Texas, right? They're hearing that. They know that means innovation. They know that means new. They know it means diverse, right? Look at the population here. Look at our population. So there's a certain um, beauty to the fact that Frisco embodies that North Texas spirit, and and we are North Texas, right? I mean, but, but look at the... President North, North Texas is mean green country. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah. So it's kind of it's it's um, it's a certain serendipity all the way back to the hardware store in 1890 to starting in an office park near the Star, right? It yeah. all kind of it's a beautiful story that seems like it's meant to be. Um, and it, and from our perspective, things just keep conspiring to make us when we're working real hard and we're we're having good conflict to make us go, wow, it almost feels like somebody wants this to happen, right? Well, I can tell you Frisco wants it to happen. And as you guys know, it's not enough to have opportunity presented to you. You've got to be open enough to, to grab that opportunity and do something with it. So thank you guys for doing exactly that and keep up that nice long tradition of being forward thinking and innovating. It sounds like that's a part of the North, the UNT culture and uh, 
please keep it going. No, you're right. It's part of the North Texas culture. North Texas culture. <laughs> yep. Best business climate in the world. Um, thank you very much for inviting us. And uh, next time we come by, I think I need to get you a little bit more mean green gear here. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was actually looking for some green in my closet, and what little I have was in the laundry, so forgive the blue. But, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll definitely uh, garner some gear for the next round. Awesome. Thanks. All right, guys, thank you very much. Have a great day. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time.